Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hello. Thank you for going to the Les Schwab Twires. Twires? I don't know. Hello. We appreciate you going to the Les Schwab. Les Schwab. Why can't you say tires? Vive Clucot. It's the same thing. Just say tires. Where do we pick up from? Hi, everyone. You're listening to the Center in the Saint podcast. I'm Luke Anderson. I'm Will Darkins, well, and this is sponsored by Les Schwab Tires. Is that right? I think so. Okay. Yep. Enjoy. Doing the right thing since 1952. In 2014, a failed stand-up comic entered a contest called The Hunt for the Host. He did not win. Later, he was joined by an underperforming Oregon State fullback with a community college degree. These men, neither having earned the position and possessing no real skills, continue on as radio personalities. If you have nothing better to do on a Saturday morning, and if you can find them, maybe you can hear The Sinner and the Saint. Starring Luke Anderson. Get out of, get out of, uh, get out of gentlemen's clubs. How oh. do you like those? Oh, hey, everybody. Mickey Mouse, no. It is now. Devolved into that. And Will Darkens. Ear or eye? Where do you want it? On 1080 The Fan. <laughs> Hey kids, we made it hour two. If you missed anything from hour one, go to 1080thefan.com. There's a button that says podcast. Guess what? You get a podcast of this program. It's not a podcast in the traditional sense and like it's different content. It's just this show put into a convenient format and that's brought to you by Les Schwab Tires. Uh, we've got some poll questions up. We'll probably get to those in about 30 minutes or so. At uh, SinnerSaint1080 on Twitter. That's right. I'm using social media this morning. I love you guys, and we just want to interact with you. So we'll take a look at those poll questions, um, both center around uh, NFL and quarterbacks. Very exciting stuff. Jen Ellis will join us in about 10 minutes. We'll talk some baseball. Did you see that home runs are flying out of baseball stadiums? Oh, is that the case? Yeah, like uh, crazy. Did you talk to your astrophysicist buddy about those baseballs yet? Yeah, oh, yeah. He was telling me about the velocity and space-time space something and yeah so will will be a big participant in that but uh jen ellis uh one of our favorite uh uh, employees of the hillsborough hops talking with us in just a few minutes but we haven't talked about it yet we talked so much friggin nfl in hour one we didn't get to it the blazers have finally added the final piece to their championship roster this is it this is it pow gasol will be wearing a blazers uniform 39-year-old Pau Gasol. Pau is my new favorite name to say now that he's a Blazer. Never liked him when he played for the Lakers or really? Memphis. But Pau is a Blazer. Were you a Pau hater? No, I wasn't a hater. And I won't say I was indifferent to him, but I the way he, because it was like the whole Chris Paul was trying to get to L.A. and they said, nah, and they wouldn't let the uh, trade go through from New Orleans. And then they just kind of went, Oh, yeah, let's just put him on the Lakers, but make sure they don't lose any pieces in the trade. So he was a part of one of those, 
you know, felt like the fix was in trades. Kobe needs a couple more championships. Let's just take a player in his prime and just drop him into Los Angeles because they need help. I think Kobe would have gotten even more championships if you put Paul there. Chris Paul Chris there. Paul. Yeah, sure. But they, they did kibosh that one, but then it felt like it was like, oh, yeah, sorry, we shouldn't have done that. Here's Pal. Go. So you get Pal Gasol at 39 years old, coming off of a pretty serious injury where he only played three games for the Bucs. Uh, it was like a foot, wasn't it? Well, they didn't get traded to the Bucks. Like, yeah, and yeah, three. Yeah, he only pay, played three games. Sure. And then he got a foot injury, and then he was done. Yeah. Um, and this is something where <laughs> I call it a win because I ask, <laughs> I ask you, who do you think would uh, help the Blazers more, Pau Gasol or Myers Leonard? It's a fair question. It is a fair question, and for anybody that has recency bias and wants to answer Myers Leonard immediately, he, he had thirty in that playoff game that we lost. Yeah, I would ask you to go back and look at the tape yeah. of the rest of the season. Sure. And look at Pau Gasol when he was on the Spurs, which was real Pau Gasol before he got hurt yeah. after three games with the Bucks. I think this is a pretty good pickup considering that you're going to get a lot of minutes out of Zach Collins. You're going to get uh, more minutes out of Hassan Whiteside, even more minutes once uh, Yusuf Nurkic comes back, what, you know, quarter of the way into the season, maybe halfway on. It uh, looks like probably I've heard February, but uh, yeah. according to my insider Bosnian sources, he's, yeah. alre he's already running and training uh, over there in uh, his home country. And it could be as early as December. That's just a, just a guess. Is he smoking? Well, he's in Bosnia. Well, that's a good sign. Yeah, he's probably smoking. If he's got a if he's got a heater in his mouth, that means that he is at full capacity. Yeah, I don't think you're allowed to train on weights or exercise without smoking a cigarette. We don't condone that Eastern European stereotypes here, but that if he's true. smoking, yeah, that's a good sign. Anyways, pow back to Pau Gasol. So you're saying that having an old wily veteran who's been there, done that, to help a young core of players develop is a good thing. Yeah, that's a good thing. And generally, let me tell you something, Luke. Generally, <laughs> uh -oh. that's something Watch you want. sports radio guy coming yeah. in. Yeah, let me tell you something. In my years of experience of sitting on a couch and listening to other people talk about sports, this is a good idea. Yeah. You want to get somebody in there yeah. that has been there, done that. This is a team that's trying to get over the hump. Mm. They made it to the Western Conference Finals last year, and they clearly lacked veteran leadership. Somebody that's been there, done that before. Now you got it with Pau Gasol. What do you say? I say you're wrong. It's a good move because you're getting veteran leadership in there that's helping the younger players come up. You're totally off base. Uh, listen, I think my point about them having veteran leadership uh, is right on par with exactly what you're saying. So you need to listen to what I'm saying uh, and then rebuttal. Again, Luke, you're getting close here, but you're forgetting the part where the veteran leadership helps the younger players. And you're again, you're just you're 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 belaboring the point. You didn't bring him in to score a ton of points. You didn't bring him in to play a ton of minutes. When he's in there, he's going to be productive. That's I guess. guess. Well, and if he gets hurt, hey, it's a last roster spot. You got a guy that chose to go there. He got paid the least you could possibly pay a guy, and he chose to go to the Blazers. So, hey, there's a win. Do you think him and Nurk won't get along? I I hope so. I kind of feel like Pau Gasol is one of those guys that he's going to get in there and people aren't going to like him. <laughs> really? Yeah. I just don't see that at all. I feel like I he, don't think you make it in the league till almost forty if nobody likes you. Oh, whatever, dude. Matt Barnes is still playing, isn't he? Teammates love Matt Barnes. Patrick Beverly's still in the league. People hate him. It's 
a good point. LeBron James is still in the league. Well, that's a little different. <laughs> that's a little different when you're that talented. See, that's the whole thing, right? Is like you have to you, you have to skirt on the horizons of talent and uh, douchebaggery to be able to make it in the league. Like if you if you're if you're too far on the douchey side, then people don't take you. Okay. You know what I mean? And if you're not douchey enough, yes. then what happens? Then people are like, nah. And I think that's pal. <laughs> He's too nice. I think I think we're pretty safe with this. Uh, one other quick NBA note, because I don't know if we'll get to it later. Did you see the renderings for the new proposed stadium in Inglewood for the Clippers? Ah, uh, yes. The crown jewel. <laughs> that thing. It is insane. It's going to cost about a billion dollars. It'll be home to their practice center, uh, the team offices, and uh, Steve Ballmer is trying to reinvent the way that live sports are put on. So this has kind of been a challenge, right, for um, NBA teams, mostly, because the NBA does not play in an outdoor facility. It's mm -hmm. indoor. Almost um, all games are played indoor. Yes, almost, except for street games. Um, so I think this is a challenge for NBA teams because – on the other side, you have the NFL and also in baseball too. these organizations that are trying to at least create stadiums that are, you know, quote unquote, living spaces, right? If it's outside, that means that you can also have some corresponding businesses, some auxiliary businesses that are near it and some restaurants that you kind of create an atmosphere around it. When you enclose everything, that's the space. Once you enter you cannot leave. Mm. Uh, if it's a football stadium like they're proposing uh, for the Rams or like the uh, Portland whoever's, the Portland Diamond Project, that yep. whole thing on T2 where they're going to you know, develop affordable housing and restaurants and all this stuff, it's not so much that once you enter the stadium, you can't get out. It's more you're living around it. And I think when you have a stadium like this that Steve Ballmer's proposing, it, it kind of stunts you. I don't think it does because if, if you look at it, First of all, Steve Ballmer has all the money in the world that he wants, but I mean, just look at Moda Center. Yes, it's home of the Blazers. Winterhawks play there a little bit too, but as far as a concert venue goes, as far as a um, you know a, having the arena and the ability to go and put on you know some of those really big events outside of it, where you have whether it's like the Expo or Monster Trucks or whatever it is, Dizzy on Ice, whatever you want to use it for, you make it really agile, but. I think the smart thing is going, yeah, if we're going to spend all this money to build this facility, Steve Ballmer and his team are counting the steps it takes from the players to get from their car to the locker room to the home bench and trying to give them the biggest advantage that they possibly can. So they are thinking through every possible element of that, but they're also looking at going, how will this be something that adds to Los Angeles and to the community? Because that NFL stadium is going to be insane, but when they go out and make an Olympic bid, if you've got a brand-new basketball arena and you've got a brand-new football stadium, you've got all the offices right there where you can run NFL, the NFL network out of that stadium and you're – we talked about this with golf last Nobody week. Nobody else plays American football but us. Well, but you, <laughs> yeah, you couldn't play soccer in there. Uh, I don't think you could, but, honestly. But you, but you were talking about this last week with with the uh, with the Open Championship, the the golf championship played over in the British Isles, where it usually looks terrible on television. It looks like a really tough place to play. You get the wind, you get everything. 
what they're trying to do is take a look at go, how are people consuming the NBA right now? And going, how can we make a wall of sound in there so that the arena experience is second to none? How can we make it so we have our own television project production in there so that the in-stadium experience on the big screens is the same as is and the at-home television experience is enhanced by it. So I think they're doing it a lot more like Augusta does with the Masters where everything looks perfect on television. Plus, if you go there, there is no other golf experience that you're going to have like being on site at Augusta. This is this is them going, how do we become more like that and less like the stupid British Open? Their quarter zips. Uh, interesting aside. Yeah. Let's say the Portland Diamond Project doesn't happen. You shut your mouth. How let's, dare you? Let's how, just say. How? Okay. Okay. Just okay. for just for the sake of the show. Let's just say the crazy possibility the city doesn't want to pay for more transportation for a baseball stadium. Okay. Do you think the Blazers would procure that land and try to copy what the Clippers and the rest of the league's doing? Because the Motor uh, Center, the Motor Center is getting kind of old. Yeah, no, I think I think the well, listen, if if you're going to, I think you go Las Vegas model. You go, you tear down the old casino and you build a new one, bigger and badder in its place. I think I think if the NBA is going to to rebuild their stadium in Portland. Um, first of all, I think it probably goes in hand in hand with maybe hopefully NHL hockey coming to Portland because that would be awesome. So but like an all in one stadium. Yeah, do do an all in one. But I think I think the number one thing you have to do is look at the Memorial Coliseum and go, all right, how do we build a memorial that satisfies everybody there? You, I mean, it can be the memorial next to the stadium, but you use the Rose quarter and you rebuild it right there on that plot of land where you've already got the infrastructure, you've already got the traffic, uh, parking, all of that kind of figured out, but you build something right there where it's a place people want to hang out when the game isn't going on. Cause that's really your point, right? Is it's yes, you've got this great arena, but are people going to lunch? Are people living there? Are people interacting there when there's not an event? And I think they can do that a lot better in Portland. All right, time to talk some baseball. Uh, there are all kinds of home run records falling this week. We will share what those records are, both individual and team records, when we're joined by Jen Ellis to talk some MLB next. Center and Saint on 1080 The Fan. All right, welcome back. If you've been listening to the show this summer, uh, it is much better than it has ever been because we've decided to bring in people smarter than us to talk about things that... Uh, well, Will, I mean, he's not qualified to talk baseball at all. Talk what? Huh? Brought in one of our favorite people in the office and a huge baseball fan and the ballpark MC for the Hillsboro hey, Hops. Yes, that's right. Ladies Your and gentlemen, Hillsboro it's Hops. Jen Ellis. Hey, thank you. <laughs> Jen, wonderful to have you back. Thank I, th- you. I thought we would start by just kind of catching people up on uh, what's going on and just looking at the MLB Standings. Yeah. So I'll just run through them real yeah, quickly, yeah, yeah. and you just say uh, why you love or hate uh, <laughs> who's, who's leading every division. Right now, uh, the American League East, Yankees eight and a half games ahead of right. the Tampa Bay Rays, nine games ahead of the Boston Red Sox. But the Red Sox trounced them the last yeah. few nights. What have they Beat scored? the crap out of them, like 97 runs or something? <laughs> I think they've scored 29 t- runs in two games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It yeah, was like, something insane like that. So, yeah, what uh, two days ago was the largest uh, – Margin of victory in the history of the right. series that yes. has lasted more than a hundred. There's years. always, yeah. There's always these. There, I mean, like every day, there's a new. His, there's a new uh, 
record being set by somebody or yeah. somebody, some other team or some other player, whether yeah. good or bad. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Tampa Bay, yeah. uh, Boston, mm-hmm. they may not catch the Yankees, but they're right in the thick right, of the wild card. Right, but they are in the wild card, card yes. Uh, yeah. If you're hoping for the Blue the Blue Jays or the no. Orioles, uh, Blue Jays 28 yeah. games back of the Yankees, Orioles 32 games, yeah. games back. Uh, in the Central, uh, there's a similar gap yes, between exactly. first and last place. Mm-hmm. The Detroit Tigers 31 games back of the Minnesota God, Twins. I know, isn't that insane? Well, it is, but... Well, well the, the Tigers used to be so great. Once upon a time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Indians are right there. They're only two games back of the Twins, yep. uh, but the White Sox 17, Royals 25 games back. Yeah. It feels like this year, and part of the reason I wanted to go through this, just to catch people up, if they're not big baseball fans, just know where the teams are. Mm-hmm. It feels like the distance between the good teams and bad teams has never been larger in baseball. Do you yeah, kind of get it, that sense? It, it's so weird because like, it's. I feel like it started uh, a couple of years ago when the Astros you know, made it to the World Series and it, that that year, that division, the American League West division, they completely ran away with it. And there was a huge margin mm-hmm. between them and the next, the second team. But no other divisions were like that. Because I kept saying, if the A's were in the central, mm-hmm. they would be, they would have clinched the division by now. Yep. Because of, you know, and it, it, it was, it was, it started to get like that, like a couple years ago. So then I feel like it's kind of been a trend the yeah. last couple of years. But this year, for sure, it's insane because it's like 31 games back behind. I'm like, God, yeah. well, how can that's I? Well, that's not even the worst the separation in division. No. But I think you hit it on the head. I think, it's, I think it revolves around the Astros, but maybe not because they ran away with the division mm-hmm. a couple of years ago. It's because five years ago, six years ago, they were the worst They could team not buy a win. They well, were terrible. But they tanked mm-hmm. better than anybody ever had. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you look at any sport, I mean, yeah. the, the Philadelphia 76ers look at it and goes, man, I wish we could tank like that. Yeah. They just loaded their roster and they're mm-hmm. young and set to win for a long yep. time. Yeah. And whether or not they end up, you know, winning multiple World Series or not in this run, they've made themselves mm-hmm. a contender every year yeah. with the lineup that they have. Yeah, uh, exactly. Ast- Astros sit eight games mm-hmm. ahead of the Athletics, who yep. 12 games ahead of the Angels only twelve and a half back for the Rangers and twenty three back for the Mariners. So yeah. The Mariners, yeah, they yeah, suck. they still, but uh, it's not thirty two games. No, it's not thirty two. They're not the worst. And, and they've got a two game win streak against the Tigers. There you go. Cannot win a, a baseball go. game, which is great. Uh, <laughs> the National League is does not have as big a disparity. No, the, they don't. The Braves uh, five and a half games ahead of mm-hmm. the Nationals, six and a half ahead of the Phillies. The Mets are twelve and a half back, and the Marlins are twenty. And a half back. Yeah, I like in the West, in the National League West, how the Dodgers are 14 and a half games ahead of the Giants, but the Giants are like the second wild card right now. It's like, oh, you, why did you start playing well, you dummies? Well, yeah, but you, I don't think A's fans (laughs) are allowed to be mad at teams that don't start hot and then get themselves in the wild card because you do it every year and you're doing it again Uh this year because you started out. Only losing to the Mariners. Mm-hmm. That's how yep. your season started. Yeah. And, well, and the Blue Jays. They lo- <laughs> lost to the Blue Jays at the beginning. <laughs> that's true. So all the, so, all the worst yeah. teams in baseball, and mm-hmm. now here the, they are right in the thick of the yes, wild card. Exactly. We'll, we'll look at the yeah. wild card here in just a second. Yeah, and uh, it's literally like every game from here on out. No. It's like, okay, if we lose this one and they win that one, then no. we're one game back, and then we're a half game back, and it's just this bouncing back and forth yep. between these two spots if they all continue on the streaks that they're on now in yep. You know, I mean, it's, it's, yeah. It's. Well, the best division <laughs> in baseball for, geez, I don't know, the last five years uh, has to be the uh, National League Central. Yeah. Ten games separate all five teams. Yep. Cardinals are one game ahead of the Cubs, two games ahead of the Brewers, nine games ahead of the Reds. Yeah. And then uh, ten games ahead of the Pirates. And you already mentioned the West. 
um, everybody back at least 14 games. But the Diamondbacks yeah. are in the thick of the wild card, too. Mm-hmm. They're, only, yeah. they're 15 games back and in third place in their division. Yes, But if but, you flip over to the wild card and mm-hmm. take a look at it, you've got uh, a handful of teams yeah. uh, fighting for it. So right now... In the American oh, yeah. League, you have uh, the Indians with a three-and-a-half game lead ahead of the second wildcard team, the Rays. And then mm-hmm. within five games, you have four teams, yep. uh, Red Sox and A's just a half game back, yep. Angels and Rangers uh, four-and-a-half and five, five game backs yep. respectively. Yeah, so exactly. I think that could come down and be really yeah. interesting, especially considering when you look at the A's, you have two, two other teams in the division that are yep. close enough exactly. to strike. Mm-hmm. You have two teams from the American League East. I think that's going to be a really fun I know. It's going to be cool to watch. It really – I mean – I feel like last year, my brother and I said, oh, my God, this is the best, you know, postseason <laughs> race we've ever seen. And then the year before, said, oh, my God, this is the best postseason race. You know, it just yeah. it, it, it was just so exciting last year and, and the year before. I feel like, the you know, the last couple of years just ramping up to, you know, who's going to who is it going to be? And it's literally decided on the last you know, game of the year. I'm still waiting for it since they put in this one game playoff. It's going to happen where somebody's going to end up tied Tied for the second wild card. And they're going to have to do the one game playoff. Yeah. Well, they're going to have to do the one game playoff for the one game playoff. Right. So it'll be, it'll (laughs) you'll have like two or three one game playoffs, like in a series of like two days or whatever. And, and we, we've come close to having three teams tie for that Mm -hmm. spot, which means you have to have a one game playoff to see who gets the advantage in the one game playoff. And then a one game playoff to see who gets gets to do that. And then to see (laughs) who hosts the game and you'll have Teams flying all around the country, but yeah, people complain in baseball all the time. They're like, "Oh, that needs to be a longer series. You play that many games to get to a one game. Mm-mm. It's perfect. It's so much fun. Yeah. yeah, it's just like, nope, that's it. Yep, let's Done. go. It's yeah. it's game seven of the World Series in one game. You yeah, know? there's there's a lot yeah. of postseasons where you don't get a game seven. You're <laughs> right. guaranteed every year to get yes. started with at yes. least one, at least, which is and perfect. The, and the Twins, so the Twins and the and the. Clevelands, the Indians, the, the, Clevelands? <laughs> like the Clevelands. Well, I thought you were, the, I thought you were trying to be like politically correct. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm not going to say their mascot name the because Indians. it's offensive. To, no. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, they're pretty close in their division, but Two the twins, yeah. yeah. So the twins, I mean, obviously they're clobbering a thousand home runs and they're the, fa- you know, the fastest team ever to get to 200 home runs. Yeah. Um, and they, I mean, I dare you to name three people on their roster. I will not. I, I, I you mean, can't you can't, you can't. They're other than. Nelson Cruz, who can you name on their roster? Um, you know what? It's Just fun. off the top of your head. I mean, they're they're almost like yeah. a list of unknowns, mostly unknowns. Well, yeah, you know? but and well, and that's yeah. funny because that's the way yeah. the A's have been doing it yeah. too. Is you ha- you have these teams figuring out how to win with mm-hmm. guys that aren't superstars. Yep. And then you have teams like the Yankees and Red Sox who are in the middle of a series right now. Yeah. And you know every player on those mm-hmm. teams, yep. and it's going to come down to these series where it's going to be kind of the haves versus the have-nots. But, yeah. But there's yeah. the the cool thing is baseball has figured out how to make a championship roster in multiple ways. Yes. And so yeah. we're starting to see that. Yeah. It, it'll be nice when we can get back to parity, but we just went through this in the NBA yeah. where you had Golden State mm-hmm. on a completely different tier where they were doing it with superstars, and now you're starting to look at the West coming into this year. Yeah. I mean, we were counting, what, Will, 12 teams deep, and you go, all right, there's going to be teams that are good enough to be playoff yeah. teams that are going to be on the outside looking mm-hmm. in, and baseball, just all sports do this. Yeah, uh, of course. The NFL, I think, has does parity better than anybody else, mm-hmm. but you go through swings where we got a lot of really bad teams. Yeah. We got a really a lot of really good teams. Yes, but some of those teams in the middle are really dangerous too, yeah. which makes it fun. And and I mean, man, if the A's, sorry, if the Giants made a run this year, mm-hmm. I think that would be really fun and it'd be exciting. Yeah. Um. And 
Yeah. At least you have a chance yeah, to sure. in the sport. Yeah, and it's, you know, I mean, obviously, you know, if I was still living in the Bay Area, everybody would be like, oh, this is great for Bay Area sports. Both of the baseball teams are playing so well. <laughs> and it's like, well, but you guys weren't paying any attention to the A's playing well until the Giants started playing well. And then you're like, oh, both of our teams are playing well. That's kind of like the mentality of the Giants yeah. fans down there. I feel, I felt, yeah. you know, because it was just... You know, I'd be the only one wearing a green and gold hat in a sea of, you know, orange <laughs> and black walking in downtown San Francisco to work. You know, it's like, well, it is the San Francisco Giants of course. and yes, it I is know. the Oakland A's. Go, go over to the East Bay and go. Yeah, ahead. but they go, they take their stupid Giants hats over to the East Bay, too. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I was, I was saying grapes. earlier that I thought it would be funny if, um, if Madison Bumgarner got traded to the Yankees because then he'd have to cut his stupid hair. <laughs> but he I didn't keep know. his hair as long as it can't touch his collar. Right, and, then he and he'd to have to his shave beard. his dumb beard. But I thought, oh, man, that's a way I could hate Mad Bum a little bit more as if he was yeah. a Yankee. Yeah. Yeah, but, so we'll, we'll yeah. figure it out probably in the next couple of days. So uh, the 31st is the trade deadline. Yeah. So we'll talk about kind of the moves that are made next year because yeah. I always hate, or next I'm, week, yeah, next yeah. year. Uh, I always hate speculating Making about what's going to be like, oh, no, uh, Noah Syndergaard is going to be a, a, a yeah. Chicago Cub next week. Yeah, exactly. Well, it uh, sounds like he's not going to be a Met. We know right, that. Right, probably uh, not. Uh, but yeah. it'll be interesting to see. But this year is the first year baseball is going we're not going to have the stupid waiver deadline yeah, after yeah, the trade yeah, deadline. Yeah. And, and the funny thing is yeah. you and I were kind of talking about before. Everybody that watches baseball is confused by having mm-hmm. a simplified <laughs> trade yeah. deadline. That's how confusing it's just been the for 31st. years. That's it. Uh, so just keep an eye on that. Uh, mm-hmm. Watch for your Mariners players to play really well in the next couple of days just to get yes. traded. Oh, Fall yeah, just love. to get traded. Fall yeah. in love with your Seattle Mariners right now. And they're going to be the spoilers. I mean, like, it's fun to watch your team when they're not doing well because then they be they, they become the spoilers for, like, the teams that you hate. You're like, yeah. oh, man, I don't want them to make it. I hope the Mariners can can beat them just once so well, that but, they don't advance. But you hope, uh, like, Mike Leak, if he got that perfect game, you're like, how much more valuable is he's a trade piece? Yeah, how, many, exactly. how many more young guys can we get back? Or that what J.P. Crawford just did last night. <laughs> yeah, that was that, <laughs> There's a ridiculous play. Yes, trade him right yes, now. His value will never be higher. <laughs> All right, Jen. That was <sighs> wonderful. Thank, Thank you, you so for much. talking baseball with us. Appreciate Always it. appreciate <laughs> it. Uh, where are the hops playing? On uh, Monday night, uh, they come back home. Right now, they are away uh, playing the Boise Hawks. Okay. Um, yeah, they uh, won last night. Um won uh, the last, uh, let's see, seven out of their last eight games. Nice. Yeah. Christian right. Robinson, name to remember, he is on fire. He's going to be a major leaguer. Soon. Soon. Well, there you go. Uh, go check out your Hillsboro Hops. Say hi uh, to our friend Jen Ellis. Woo-hoo. And uh, next, we will get into our poll questions, back a little bit into the NFL. But first, here's Will with your Sports Center update. All right. Always fun to talk some baseball with Jen, but God, Will, you were all over that, man. Yeah, sorry, dude. I I tried to relent a little, but her and I were just trying to talk baseball, and you just kept dropping in hot takes all over the place. What? That if you are a ghost after dying, you recovered? Yeah, that's. I think that's a pretty good recovery. Pretty good bounce back from being dead, being a ghost. Or you could just go Nikki Six it and make a full recovery. Yeah, he died. He was technically dead yeah, and then recovered. Go. I think he's the only guy, at least in popular From Molly culture. Crew. Yeah, <laughs> in Molly. Yeah, it happens. I mean, you certainly hear the encounters of people that uh, were legally dead. That stuff creeps me out. If you were a ghost, what would you do? What would I do if I was a ghost? I'd play a lot of golf. Just hang out at golf courses. I don't think you can do that. No. 
No, I think if you're a ghost. Can I get a ghost golf ball? I think if you're a ghost, you're kind of omnipresent. You can go wherever you want, but you can't interact with the real world. So if you're a ghost, do you have like a physical form or are you like just a, a spirit that hovers around? Yeah, you have a physical form that you can see, but like it, you can't interact with people the way that you do now. You can't. Uh, sure. Yeah. yeah, you can't. You I know, get that. I get that, but so well. Here's always been my question: Is if you die, mm-hmm. if there's a heaven, or you become a ghost, or whatever it is, are you stuck in the form that like you were at just before you died, or can you go and be like, twenty eight? Luke at twenty eight was pretty pretty awesome. Let me let me take that form. Do I have any control over that, or are you like stuck being dead? And for somebody that dies, like if you lose your arm right before you die, and that's not what killed you, are you an amputee ghost? No, I think that you you have your full appendages about you. So, oh, even if even if I was Sans appendage, yeah. from a different accident. Like when Blade Runner dies, I think he'll have his leg. Okay, interesting. That means he can get to you faster in that bathroom. Something to ponder. Okay, if I was a ghost, <laughs> I would start to just f with people. Well, yeah, but that would get boring after a while because you'd never get any credit for it. Like the whole fun part of effing with people is eventually they go, oh, man, that was you the whole time. Yeah, but you could take it to extreme levels. For sure. I mean, you could really screw with some celebrities. Rattles. Oh. Yeah, I mean. Just mess with like celebrity award shows. Someone, some celebrities you don't like, you could start to really screw with them and see their career spiral. Could you mess with sporting events, though? Like if, sure. if if you could be an apparition and go on an NBA court where like, can you choose who sees you or like, would you be captured on television? See, there's so many questions. I don't think this is a six man situation with Martin Lawrence or I'm sorry. Who was that? Was that? No, it was the Wayne's brothers. The Wayne's brothers did six man where one of them was a ghost came back and helped the other one win in a basketball <laughs> game. Is that really a thing? Yes. That's a movie. Uh, and I don't think you get one of those in real life. Yeah, that I, would, doesn't happen. I, I would go in and ruin the careers of the people I didn't like though. Yes. You know what I mean? Draymond Green's career's done. I was going to say Russell Westbrook, Westbrook would never make another three-pointer, but he doesn't make it that many now. So, um, Well, yeah, let's also be- just remember that, like, you know, he'll do that himself. All right, so NFL training camps are in full swing. Uh, and so I wanted to get a couple poll questions out there to our listeners. It's uh, their Twitter thing is called at CenterSaint1080. And we have two poll questions. Uh, Will, what are our poll questions? Okay, so uh, there is some extreme um, difference in uh, participation. And sure. it kind of makes sense. So this is the one that uh, got quite a few votes. 116 of them, in fact. The yep. question, of the quarterbacks you've heard of in the NFL, who will have the best rookie season? Uh, 4% of you said Daniel Jones of Duke. Not a lot of people high on Daniel Jones. 5% said Drew Locke of Missouri. Is that correct? Yeah. Dwayne Haskins got 33% of Ohio State. And, of course, overwhelmingly, 58% said Kyler Murray. And I think this is just generally because Kyler Murray will have the most chances to succeed. Yeah, they're going to put him in. Well, I mean, you have Haskins. I mean, it's it, it kind of goes in line with where you expect these guys to be as far as playing time goes. Well, I, I mean, you know, he's cursed. Who's that? Haskins. He's on the Redskins. Yes. It's, it's, You're screwed. Yeah. You're dead on arrival, dude. But he will have to play. <laughs> Unfortunately. It's very likely they had to play. This other one, uh, Paul, and uh, you didn't consult me on this. <laughs> okay. I, I did so, not. Which oh, one's the real quarterback? 11 or, votes. Which one's not the real quarterback? Of the quarterbacks you've heard of, which one of these names? You've never heard of. 
if you you've never heard of, sorry. Which one of these names did I, being Luke, make up? Hashtag NFL, hashtag smelling bee. Nine percent Tyrell Johnson. A tie of twenty seven percent with Gabe Ferguson and Jack Dongola. And then thirty six percent say John Lovett. Okay. Which one was made up? I wanna say Gabe Ferguson. Tyrell Johnson is the one I made up. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there you go. I was going to go was fun. Jake Dongola, but I yeah, was it's, like, it's no. too silly of a name. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so is there going to be one of those rookies that you believe in that's going to go out and just light the world on fire? I know that people are saying that Kyler Murray. Quarterbacks, right? Yeah, the quarterbacks. Okay. I mean, yeah, because let's be honest, there's not another position that we care about nearly as much in the NFL. Uh, but Kyler Murray's going to have a lot of chances. Haskins is going to go out there, and he's going to have an opportunity to go out and play. Are any of these guys going to take their team anywhere? Short answer, no. And, yeah. you know, it sucks because they're on inherently bad teams. That's how you get first overall picks. Right, you get, but, you know, yeah. sometimes you you stumble into a situation where you get a clean slate. Like, I think Baker Mayfield with the Browns, I know that he's a terrible team, but I, if you're a quarterback and you get drafted to the Browns, you have every chance in the world to succeed because all you got to do is win a game. Yeah. Or at least that used to be the case. Um, but, you know, with this, you're going to these franchises where it, it is bleak. Like, there is really – I guess the only guy I can think of right is Drew Locke who went to Denver. Yeah, and Denver, it's not so bleak. You get Joe Flacco. You, you got Flacco to, in there. You get to quote unquote learn behind him. <laughs> I don't know what you learn because Flacco is revitalized. Uh, that mile high air, it's got him feeling good, feeling great. Sure doesn't seem like Joe Flacco was very responsive to teaching Lamar Jackson anything. <laughs> now, if you go back, there was tape of a play they did where uh, Lamar Jackson lined up in the slot, motioned out. Uh, Flacco got the ball at shotgun, and. <laughs> Uh, it was supposed to be a screenplay to Lamar Jackson. And it's very interesting that uh, Joe Flacco missed Lamar Jackson, you know, ever so leaning into a corner <laughs> so Jackson would run into somebody and get absolutely leveled. I would have to think that he's not going to get Drew Locke, meaning get many opportunities to actually learn. Yeah. He might get thrown in there because Flacco will start Flaccoing and screw up. And I think by week eight or nine, you're going to see Drew Locke get in there and, you know, do some cleanup. Interesting. I don't know. It should be it should be fun to watch. I mean, it's always interesting to watch the rookie quarterbacks. I always I always wonder. All those guys uh, are three of those four guys. There are a bunch of undrafted quarterbacks, and it always seems to be guys that just kind of pop up out of nowhere uh, that get an opportunity, not necessarily go in and play well. I mean, Josh Johnson was the starting quarterback for the Redskins at the end of the year, and he was also the number one overall pick in the AAF. So there's going to be guys that get opportunity. The quarterback position is interesting. What I find really bizarre is somebody earlier this week said that there's not there's not going to be anybody interested in the top quarterbacks coming out of college next year. And I think that is ridiculous. Justin Herbert, some of the guys that are going to come out next year, uh, Tua, you're going to have a a, a audience uh, to have those guys come in and try out and be the quarterback of the future. So. Well, to be quite honest, I think everybody's just waiting for Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> At this point, I know that there's um, an element of that. Yeah, I know that, uh, you know, Justin Herbert was kind of the guy and I guess is the guy for next year. But I think more people are kind of clamoring over Trevor Lawrence because with, you know, Justin Herbert, of course, you know, we're home of the ducks and everything. And he is a really great prospect. But, you know, this is really a prove it season for Justin yeah. Herbert because you're coming into this being expected to not only win the Pac-10, 
or I'm sorry, the Pac-12, but compete to get a playoff spot. Yep. And it just to me, you know, if you don't come out there and you at least make something happen or show that you could be a more decisive decision maker or somebody that can throw more a little decisive bit, decision maker. Yeah. I like that. Oh, well, I mean that that's kind of the knock on him yep. is that whenever he felt pressure situations that he was making some bad decisions. So for me, you know, this is a really huge season for Justin Herbert. And if he can prove that, you know, obviously he's going to get drafted really high, but you know, Again, just to be more, even more realistic, he's probably going to get drafted high either way. It's kind of bizarre because I think this is a big year for the Pac-12 in general. And it's unfortunate to say that because I think the best thing that can happen to the Pac-12 is to have a team that dominates, that makes a run. I mean, it'd be a blast for us, obviously, if that team is Oregon. You have Jacob Eason starting uh, in, in Washington. He's, by all measures... You know, uh, as good a quarterback or or better than than Browning ever was. He's got all the physical tools. We don't know what he's going to be in that offense, but well, I mean, that's not very hard. Well, he he was a four year starter, and and you know he had an opportunity at Georgia before he got uh, replaced. But you have him coming in, who's going to be good. You, who knows who's going to be playing quarterback at Washington State uh, if you get another Gardner Minshew, um, as far as what that leadership looks like. But I think you need a team to go out and just put their foot down because the Pac twelve desperately needs a team in the playoffs this year yeah so we'll see what happens uh all right so sporting events going on this weekend not a lot of them but we i do have one on my tv right now i'll talk about we will tell you what to watch and we'll do it next to wrap up the show this is the center and the saint on 1080 the fan which is the most exciting matchup in the field of competition which game will leave you kicking yourself if you miss it which channel should you switch to when the sporting day is gone? Welcome to America's most exciting sports talk radio show segment. It's time for What to Watch. Presented by Encore Audio Video. Now hear this. Whether you're looking for a new TV or a custom home theater, start at Encore's showroom at 14th and Everett in the Pearl. Now our expert panel. Avid television viewer, Will Darkins. And increasingly out-of-touch father of twin girls, Luke Anderson. Are here to tell you what to watch. Literally, it's what to watch on The Sinner and the Saint. On 1080 The Fan. All right, welcome back. Final segment. I hope you enjoyed this journey with us through the sports landscape on this wonderful Saturday morning. Will, get everybody ready for what's next in sports. What are you watching this weekend? Let me tell you something first. This has been a very ethereal episode of The Center and the Saint. I don't know what that word means. Something of the spirit. Something something outside of ourselves. Mm, I don't know if God, I that. God, God has this one. The woman from New Mexico. Yeah, we had that. You had your uh, your close to God experience at the country concert. We were talking uh, ghosts. Yeah. yeah, and we talked ghosts. We said if you become yeah. a ghost from being dead, did you recover? Yeah. Well, if you missed any of our ethereal moments, you can go back and listen to the podcast. Tennyofthefan.com. Watch Bob Tires. Okay. What are you watching? So I got myself on uh, the TV right here. The basketball tournament. It's that time of year again. Oh, I was watching a little bit of the basketball tournament unintentionally uh, on Friday night. Thursday night. Thursday night. So who plays in these again? So it's just like you put your best five out there. Uh, you, you basically build your own team. And there's some former NBA guys. There's some former Division One college 
players. I was watching the Aftershocks against something Iowa, but it's all these old, it's like uh, a bunch of Wichita State alumni. So they were the post-shockers, Aftershock. Get it? Clever wordplay. Okay, I hate to do this, Please. but I'm going to put this out there. It's kind of pathetic that this is in its second season and the AAF couldn't finish one. That is very true. I'm very disappointed in the AF. They, they they promised me a bunch of gambling innovation, and they were terrible. And I think they're really good here with the basketball tournament because as I'm watching it, they're panning to some very attractive women yep. uh, interspersed with fans, and that's that's just all right with that's, me. That's smart. Yes. Um, yeah, so I don't know if they're all alumni teams, but I think the other one was something Iowa, so it may have been an Iowa alumni team. Um, but it's interesting to watch because they play really weird at the end. They just decide at some point that this is a score that we're going to play to. And I don't fully understand how it works. Yeah. I, but they're like, at some point, they just put up on the screen, first one to 85. And then the team got to 85 points and the game was over. Yeah, there, there is just no rhyme or reason what's happening here. Well, but you have the, the big three. You have the three-on-three three league, right? You've got the, this. We had and one. The Harlem Globetrotters still exist. Basketball is a very accessible sport. You talk about it all the time, about the personalities in the NBA are more accessible than anybody else. Basketball is just one of those things where most people think they could go out and just throw a basketball at a hoop and do it, even if they've never played before. It's, it's a very accessible sport. It's not like baseball where you have to be willing to stand in there and 80-mile-an-hour fastball or you know uh, hit a ball traveling uh, with spin and do all that. Football is just football's. It's just, let's go tear an ACL. So I think basketball is one of those sports that everybody can uh, can relate to. And so these these leagues and stuff, they don't cost a ton of money to put together. You just need to find an open gym and go play. Let me also uh, kind of go to Suk's point, because he makes this point a lot on primetime, that, like, they always just look like they're having so much fun. Playing basketball? Yeah. Yeah, I can like, that a little bit. basketball players, professional basketball players, more than any other um, professional sports yeah. league, whatever, they look like they're having the most fun. Baseball players look bored. Football players look intense. Hockey yeah. players, I don't really get a good look at them because <laughs> they're going very fast. And they have those masks on. Yeah, they do now. Um, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, watch the league. Is that what it's called? Or the basketball league? Uh, it is called, as I hit the info button, the basketball tournament. The basketball tournament. Okay, watch the basketball tournament. I'm going to watch the Mariners because this might be the last weekend where they win some games. They have a four-game series against the Tigers. They already got one win last night, 10-2. to two. They've got three more. And then uh, by the 31st, they will start shipping players off to other teams. So anybody that performs well this weekend will no longer be a Mariner. But if you want to watch them win some games, they're playing against the lowly Tigers. So you've got that going for you. Only the Mariners can mess up this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You better get some pieces back. You need to get uh, maybe a farm system going. All right. Uh, what to watch is brought to you by our friends at Encore Audio Video. If you're looking for any upgrade in technology, audio, video, home theater, home automation, uh, go to 14th and Everett and visit their showroom in the Pearl District. It is awesome. Uh Will, what are you watching outside of sports this weekend? I'm actually looking on Redbox right now because I think it's going to be a Redbox kind of evening. The weather I thought was going to be amazing, and now it's starting to overcast. And so I'm like, yeah, I don't really want to do a lot today. Um, so I'm looking over here. I see this movie with uh, Tiffany Haddish, Little, and it don't looks know. terrible. So you're going to watch that? Yeah, I might. <laughs> Still doing the Redbox. Don't you have all the streaming services? 
I like getting the DVD. There's something about getting a DVD to me that's just awesome. You're dumb. Uh, Netflix documentary series called Rotten, and it's about all of the crazy hijinks that goes on around the world of food. The first episode was on honey, and it was called Lawyers, Guns, and Honey, and all of the uh, organized crime going on, people trying to get honey into the U.S. from China and all over the world, the things that people are doing. Uh, bees are disappearing, honey is disappearing, and people are crazy. It's very interesting. And so are we. Try that. All right, we're done. Thanks to Jen Ellis. Thanks to Will Darkins. I'm Luke Anderson. We're done. Bye-bye. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.